podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. People say treat yourself like you need a reason, but McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee, get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily. Uh, this show is brought to you by Paddy Powers, a bookies, a website and an app. If you gamble, please do so responsibly and remember to do so with Paddy Power. Now that we have the official business out of the way, we're having a coaching special again tonight. Everybody, um, myself and Gar done one a couple of weeks ago, went down very well. And we have a couple of uh, new guests on with us this week to talk about the coaching game. So tonight we're joined by... Dan McGuinness and Jim Fishlock. Uh, Jim will be no stranger to the listeners of this pod. He's been on several shows recently with uh, with Gav. And um, Jim is going to give us his um, background um, uh, with the, in, in coaching and what level he's at and his experience. And Dan will do the same. So, Jim, do you want to uh, give us a bit of your story before we go on? Yeah, sure. Um I've been coaching for, I think this will be my sixth season now, coming up when we, whenever we get back going. Um, we hold the UEFA B licence, uh, youth and senior. Um, started off, uh, did three years assistant manager um, at Kincoid Ladies, which is a, a female club over in uh, in Wales, in Cardiff. Um, in the Welsh Premier League, um, we had a good three, three and a half years there. We finished uh, at the highest third in the league. Uh, and won a cup. Um, moved on then to do some coaching in the men's game um, for uh, half a season uh, at a, a Welsh second division club, uh, first team coach there. And then um, last season did some work with another female team in the English Reserve League. Um, and now I've just taken a position at um, an under-19s club as a head coach for the first time. So looking forward to cracking on with that when, when we get the go-ahead. Good stuff, good stuff. So it'll be interesting to hear your uh, take on how you're going to look forward to that. You know, it's a new challenge, literally fresh. So it'll be nice to get uh, your take on how that's going. And also getting a, a bit of perspective from a coach in the UK is going to be nice as well. Um, Dan, yourself, do you want to let the people know your background? Yeah, um, so I'm coaching now currently with uh, St. Pat's Athletic, uh, 15 in the National League. Uh, I've been there two years, was with UCD. Previous to that, and then worked within schoolboy, uh, probably lower levels of schoolboy football with maybe Crumlin uh, on their 19. So I was doing my B license in IT Carlock, um, and then it was just like local teams. So I worked with some academies, stuff like that, local area Cambridge boys and stuff like that in the Irish Town Academy. So I probably coached a lot of age groups and seen the different pros and cons of obviously what can be good for you as a coach at a certain age. But uh, yeah, now coaching the National League. 
it's a higher level. Uh, you're away for Aidways, and so it's a little bit more difficult to coach that level because the quality of the players. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. And Gard, you want to give everyone a quick synopsis of your uh, I'll the boredom again. I'll do mine quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, UEFA B coach uh, and also strength and condition coach. Currently, we're home farm uh, toward the Premier. So I won't bore you anymore. Let's get stuck in here. <laughs> Let's get stuck in. So yeah, excellent stuff. So you know, as you can tell by the, the guys' intros, very well um, qualified coaches uh, in their respective. Um, localities here and as I said I touched on there it'll be nice to get Jim's take from the UK angle I know Gard and Dan will be sort of briefed uh, from the one um, association and it'll be interesting to hear if the UK are going along the same lines as that so um, Gard you want to start off on what the direct views have for getting back to coaching is and the dates and sort of any roadmap that has been issued for the, the, the FAI perspective Can you hear? Me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my 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 sound went dodgy there. Um. So currently, me and Dan have a have a big mess in our hands. Uh, we've been issued uh, some directives. Uh, uh, a, a, a hugely page document the other day. You'd need a degree actually to uh, to go through. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it looks like we're due back in the fifteenth. But uh, in my opinion, it's gonna be. It's going to be a bit down the line, and um, there's there's certain radiuses that we have to train within, um, with with younger players under the age of seventeen, and um, it's it's going to be it's going to be tight. And um, obviously, there's insurance to be re- redone, etc. For clubs, I'm sure that was cancelled by most clubs in the uh, the lockdown, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously we have to take care of all the the safety measures that will uh, will come with those protocols, and um, with clubs having to obviously finance. Uh, you know, sanitizers, etc. Um, there's been no uh, directive to uh, take take players' temperatures at younger ages, um, but but it looks at the documents. So these this will be done by parents at home, and obviously that's if parents let let the kids return to football. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is a big challenge. Uh, Dan, what are you thinking yourself? Um, at your your team, will you be prepared for what's coming down the line, or do you think again? the the uh, target is a bit ambitious. Yeah, it's difficult to say, Keith, because you know maybe the facility we training could be we were training in a uh, Blanchetown last job, the IT there. So yeah. like, there's a lot of local teams there. I know Bohos are there. I'm not sure if they're fifteens, but as far as I'm aware, the seventeens, nineteens, fourth team are there. And sometimes they become like a guard team on it and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people going in and out of the facility where if it was isolated, it might be easier. You know, um, yeah. I think you need to have a compliance officer. And different uh, different aspects of that, but yeah, I think like even going back in training now when you're going maybe end of August to play games for nearly eight to ten weeks, you know, which is a long time to not play without a game. And then can you play friendlies within that time? It's a lot That's to be asked right. for, you know. It's going to be difficult as well. Yeah, it's going to be um, a few challenges, are you know? It's all well and good issuing these directives, but you think that's the force sign of football coming back at the sort of grassroots level but there is still a, a good few hurdles to get over Jim what's the sort of angle from the UK are you getting much the same as the lads or what are you hearing well I was saying to um, to Gab before we started but we, we're, we're well behind in Wales um, you know we're separate to England um, in yeah. terms of all the, the directives and the way that it's being uh, lockdown is being sort of um, relaxed 
we're, we're well behind in Wales. Um, I haven't seen anything at all um, in terms of knowing when the chances of us getting getting together, um, get you know, even meeting up with sort of the academy manager and stuff at the club, that hasn't even been muted as yet. Um, so, so I, I would imagine um, we're due. I think another the sort of first minister here is due to to speak in I think two weeks to discuss whether or not he can relax, re, um, put any other uh, relaxation on the restrictions um, and whether or not sort of um, non-professional sport gets mentioned in that. Um, I don't know. So I think we're we're a bit behind you guys, in, certainly in um, in terms of getting back uh, getting back coaching with players. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of frustration with that now because, um, as with everybody, I'm sure everyone just wants to get back out on the pitch. You know, from small children up to, as you know, Jim, you're going to be looking after under 19s, as you said. You know, they're all going to want to be getting out and kicking a ball again. So, the sooner you can get some uh, information on that's probably the better for you. You know, um, is there been any talk, Garrett? Dan, I'll go back to yourselves um, about like PPE and things like that. Is that something that you've of being briefed on or is it being spoken about or is it something that you think when it does come to eventually getting back out there it may not be necessary I know my own club uh, are meeting at the moment there was a meeting last night as well um, and I think the the regards of of uh, sanitisation is, is the main issue at the moment yeah. uh, obviously you've got balls that have to be uh, you know a lot of footballs you've got um, the likes of cones etc have to be sanitised as well. Bibs is a, another messy one because do you give a kid a bib to bring home, get cleaned? Do, does he not clean at home? Yeah. It comes back in. So that does it, it's 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 very very it's very very messy. You've got clubs, most clubs in Dublin have you know well well if if you want to look at it, two two teams per age group, and um, that's a lot of teams, uh, Keith. And then you take into side uh, we've got a girl side as well at home farm. So you have to take in that section as well. And we've the senior side as well who are trying to get back, obviously, to uh, they're in the room for a promotion in, in their league as well. Um, and as you know, Keith, from the academy, it's it, it's tough. Like, there's a lot of kids. Um, they, it, it, it's very, very messy. Um, they've given a, a, the size of the, the Astros that can, can be used for, for clubs as well. A lot of clubs will have smaller-based Astros, not full-size ones. So that's going to be an issue as regards uh, the health, health and safety model that they're bringing in as well. So there's a lot yeah, there's a lot of hurdles here. Probably. I don't know why they get a, a 15 date, if I'm honest with you. Um, it, it seems to be, uh, yeah. as you said, you know, shot in the dark. And when you've got a hell of a lot of things to, well, there's, there's more hurdles than anything else. And there's definitely more cons and pros yeah. uh, as regards <clears> this. You've got, you probably haven't got the finance at the moment because they've had no uh, money coming in since the start of March. Um, so then they have to go and buy all the sanitizer gear, etc., etc. I haven't seen that on masks though as well. So um, that's that remains to be seen as well. Yeah, and Dan yourself, have you got any? Yeah, it's probably the same situation with our club. You know, um, I just don't know how. Like, did our kids? Like, did the kids just wear gloves when they're training? You know, and then as a coach, are looking at the session saying, like, how, how are we going to be able to avoid contact here? Like. You do like phase of play on a pause that you just do like little boxes, do you know, where or passing partners. I don't know, but it's even is the sessions can only go so far when eventually you start needing to do on a pause stuff, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's difficult. And again, I don't know, it just depends on the facility and how they manage it because at the end of the day, they're not going to allow dressing rooms and stuff like that. So, 
a car park might, might as well be like a shopping centre, you know. And Dan, you look, you look at most facilities in Dublin. Most times you can be going to a tin shed in fairness. Um, yeah. It's going to be hugely hard to manage for, yeah. for local clubs who haven't got the funding, who haven't got the big dressing room. Um, I just don't see many back by the 15th. And if I'm honest no. with you, it's going to be tough if we see them back by the start of August. Yeah, I know, I know. And, and that's as well as with games, it's like, Ideally, like if you go into a pre-season, the the aim is to get to the start of the season, first first game of that season, flying everybody fit and healthy and good, ready to go, and everyone understand what they need to do and and all their responsibilities and stuff like that. Whereas, like now, if you go back training, it's like you're it's like you're in an off season, you're just taking over. Do you know what I mean? Because all of a sudden the could be marching, and obviously if it spikes again, it'll be longer again. So it's probably keeping the kids occupied, you know what I mean, doing some games, maybe look five or side league within the squad or something yeah. like that. But yeah, look, it's probably just keeping them interested, but I'm sure, like all of us, we just want to be back at it, you know what I mean? There's no better balls of playing a game and winning or, you know, coming home and it's a good session. So. Yeah, and that, that goes from every age category as well, you know, so yeah, it's it's dead right, it's something that needs to get back, but I suppose one of the, you touched on it there, lads, one of the points, one of the things that gets lost is the cost of all this on the clubs, you know, we're not talking about Premier League money or anything here, you know, we're talking about no. some clubs, and I know you, um, Dan and Gar are at, at good clubs, and Jim, I'm sure that in your uh, team as well, is a, it's a good level of club, but there's going to be a lot of clubs that will not have any of the facilities that you guys no. are lucky to have and how are they going to deal with this thing you yeah. know like as you, you touched on like you know cabins part of cabins on the side of a pitch and all and you know getting changed in car parks we've all played in places that's been yeah. you know even worse than that and these sort of clubs are, are they going to even try and implement anything or are they just you know going to throw it all and not so it, it's a bit of a balancing act on what you know you can do all your best work but you just hope everyone's doing the same thing yeah. um, and it's totally okay, Dan, well. just touched on, you've just Sorry. touched on something Dan from, from your point of view uh, on the right League of Ireland point of view there's a lot of League of Ireland sites who are rented renting premises at the moment and Dan yeah. touched on it they've got gas oils going in now you've got yeah. other sites from, from that area in Blanche going in so it's, it's virtually impossible to, to manage that so that's if Blanche IT uh, obviously put a compliance and a, and a COVID officer in as well we're lucky mm-hmm. at our club that we're able to do well yeah. whereas for the, yeah. the League of Ireland lads it's very tough because you've got so so much uh, uh, footfall on these on these rented sites it, it's an absolute disaster yeah, yeah that's true it's it's one and you're right Dan did mention that about the the amount of clubs and I'm sure there's just even you know you, you mentioned a couple of the, the sort of League of Ireland National League teams that'll be using that and the, the local teams the guard teams like everyone it's just going to be nearly like a battle royal to get into these places you know so it's not it's not an ideal situation Jimmy is getting much the same over your way or are you the, the club you're going to be going to are you as good facility wise facility wise we're okay um, but I, I think but you know what the information I've been given is that we'll be training um, at a at high school um, there's good facilities there, but it's a high school, um, so we're not going to be the only people. Obviously, you've got that pitch booked for for the time frame that we've got it. Um, luckily, in terms of you know the club itself, home games. If we're playing at the home pitch, then obviously it, it, it's secluded. It's got its own changing rooms, which are tidy. It's got a clubhouse. The, the pitch is, is good, good facilities. But again, 
Um, the first team will be using that. Um, probably the development team as well. Um, so it's all it's very similar to what the boys were saying. Um, you know, the other side of this is that a lot of the teams, particularly over in in Wales, sort of it's the social aspect of it. Like a lot of teams are run from a pub, for example. You know, like the local mm, village yeah. pub will have a team um, who will then have the f- f- uh, the facilities nearby. Um, and have, have ploughed money in to sort of put stands up and change rooms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Obviously, the pubs aren't open, so they're losing money, which means the football clubs are losing money. If the football clubs aren't open, and the, you know, it's like um, a sort of vicious circle, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and again, it comes back down to the funding side of it. Um, so, I, it's it's a worry as to when when you're going to get a chance to get back coaching because, like, like Dan was saying, the reality is you can probably get away with putting on maybe two or three weeks of sessions, um, which are socially you know, adhere to social distancing, but are the boys going to be interested in coming back four, five, six weeks of that? It's, you know, it's, it's like a pre-season when all you're doing is running. They soon lose interest in that. So, you, you know, you've got to throw a Everyone's ball. Everyone's favourite. Um, and if I'm not that harsh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's very difficult to, you know, because you yeah. want to try and keep the sessions as uh, sort of fun as, and, and have people, you know, interested in it, but you, you're just so restricted. This is it. And I'll just throw away a couple of comments. Chris Black that you, uh, from this parish um, was saying his daughter's under 18 in England, still not even hinting about where the torn. And can't, we can't see family or use public toilets fields too early for kids' football. And I suppose that's a good point because, you know, well, we're on one timeline here. Jim has alluded to it already. He hasn't heard a, a whisper, a dicky board about his yeah. side of it. <laughs> Does, you know, it, it's, it's a totally... You guys have an idea, but Jim is nearly in the dark about it. And it just goes to show, you know, a few weeks of a difference in the two countries. And it looks like, you know, Ireland are trying to get back into the swing of it and trying to give a date, however ambitious that might be. But the UK are still, like, going at a blind. And it must be frustrating, you know, like, kids just want to be out. Um, I've always put up a comment here as well. Even if the kids come back ready, even if the kids come ready, change for a game or training, how do you manage the distancing restriction likes of corners or free kicks making a wall? Like there's so many, you know, where older teams, maybe you can start to talk about that. But, you know, if you're looking at, Gar, we've seen like the under eights and that and home farm, you know, and the kids, you're not going to be able to do any social distance and stuff with them, you know. That, that's, I, th- that's... I think over years, see, Keith, they've said today um, that the plan was to get all the primary school kids back in school before the summer holidays, um, yeah. and they've knocked that on the head now. So they won't be going back until after the summer holidays, so September. Oh, so okay. if that, that's primary school kids, so what's that, up to 11? So yeah. if they're not able to go to school because they they're not safe for them to say, socially yeah. isolate, um, you know, I think it's a lot to then put on. Basically, you know, I think all of us are volunteers. Um, yeah. as football coaches um, you know whilst we can be responsible um, the reality is should you have that extra responsibility on you on your shoulder if you're coaching sort of kids under the age of 11 um, to make sure that they are adhering to social distancing and stuff you know it's, um, yeah. it's a lot to put on put on your shoulders it's an excellent point as well there Jim about the fact that it is all volunteer stuff you know and it's uh, the responsibilities um that will be the coaches will have to undertake people don't think about that you know i know you listen to parents or whatever and they'll be saying things like um i was just lost jim i'm sure to jump back in and um, but the lads will be able to to be answering this and anyway 
parents will be just anxious to get the kids back in and back playing and they won't really they'd nearly just be dropping them now i know dan you're looking at the national league so you're maybe a little bit more um serious and gar and i know jim you're doing the older teams but you know younger they just want to get the kids out and get get them out from under their feet so you'll nearly become mm. you know the teacher and the parent and the, yeah. the amount of responsibility yeah. that gets the babysitter exactly the amount of responsibility that, that gets dumped on you it's going to be a hard thing to balance you know Keto, you've, you've, you've an under eight year old right um, and yeah. who's been part of an academy right you see the the sort of he looks up to he comes and he looks up to someone yeah it's, it's like a teacher and a play school you come and you look yeah. up to them they become you know if you have a good relationship they become a bit of an idol to you and yeah. all these little lads want to do is come Score goals, mm. be with their mates. Uh, you've got some some there who'll come and uh, talk about different television things or talk about their PlayStation games <laughs> because it happens. Uh, they're eight years of age and they're seven years old and six years old. It happens. It's allowed. But you take all this away from these these young kids, you know, psychologically, it, it, it will have a little impact, you know, because these boys are stuck at home. They could yeah. be stuck on PlayStations. Now they're allowed out with their mates, thank God. Um, and we've had a bit of good weather as well since since lockdown, which has been great, you know. Um, so mm. th- there's the little things like, um, you know, the the aspect of it, the, the psycho- psychological side of it as well. As well on parents, it's very hard on parents keeping kids in all the time. It, it's it's so hard for, for these guys and parents who have obviously been laid off or whatever, have been stuck in houses, haven't, haven't been able to leave rather than go to supermarket as well. You know, it's it's really, yeah. really hard on, on from a mental health point of view as well for a lot of people. So as exactly. you say, everyone's now looking for an escape. That can be taken out on the kids. Yeah, and the yeah. escape is for, for us lads, football. Yeah, mm. exactly. And on one hand you might get, you know, um let's say for use the example of of, of home farm and the academy, let's say a home farm guy, you're familiar with it. You know, you go through um, some weeks you are struggling to get numbers down, other weeks you'll get good numbers. The, you might have got, when this all dies down, the likes of the academies across Dublin could get an influx of kids just looking to get back kicking a ball. But then at the same time, you've got, as Kev has said in here, kids with parents, health issues, and they're going to be, is there going to be a fear of even putting the kids back yeah. in? You know, so is it going to be another obstacle maybe for kids to be going out and playing a bit of ball you know and again i'm i'm being selfish on this i've got a son who's six and he, as garcia he's in an academy and he just loves playing football loves kicking a ball and other kids you know they might not yeah i'll bring them not a problem if i can't bring them my wife will bring them but other kids might have that in families and yeah. it's gonna put a strain there's gonna be a strain on a lot of people and the kids are usually the ones then that miss out you know, so the the Kido, Kido, how many how many weeks how many weeks do we see grandparents bring kids up? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot. Mm, it's surprising, you know, and it's and it's as well with, at the club guard that, that that home farm is. It's a lot of the grandparents. It's not like they're coming from around the corner or anything. Some of them are coming from all over the city. Yeah, to, yeah. to be bringing the kids as well. So it's 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 a it's a bit of a slog, you know. And look. We, We've all been there. We've all seen it. Dan would have seen it, and I'm sure Jim has seen this. You know, some kids, the parents maybe aren't as invested in it. And I say invested, I'm not talking about bringing them down to become the next Messi. But Mm. kids just want to play football, and you're battling against 
playstations and things like that now and it is a big sort of challenge you know like when we were younger um you were out kicking a ball and that was it and you know you might have had a, a games console at home but you weren't like they are now and to, to be fighting against that you need to get the kids out and what we want to supposed to see here is football comes back and no matter what the age group is, it can get back to a sense of normality as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want them going back to a, a game that's just going to be like, what's this? This isn't what I want to play. Mm-hmm. And then they won't come back. You know, that's a, just a worry I sort to have as well, that they, you, you lose kids to this. And we touched on it on the last time. We've done a coaching show, Gar, that, you know, you don't want to be losing kids to it. But do you think that could be a problem or are you confident that, and not just kids now, like it's our own level, like it's our own teams, that like you'll get the numbers in and, you know, there will be an eagerness to to keep that going. Or could you see a possibility where the health aspect is in people's minds and you might lose? I mean, even down at your level, would you be worried about losing some of your team to to health sort of concerns from family or is this something you have to Yeah, that's fun. That's what you have to think about. And, the most important thing is going back to training is it gives the kids a little bit of structure. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's 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 all right saying to them now or like, you know, do your homework or do your skill work now. But there's not like, they're not getting up and getting dressed. They're still lying in bed probably doing it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas at least if they're structured going back to training, it'll give them a little bit more of a probably a routine sleeping pattern. Now what, yeah. what fields maybe they need to be having to eat and, on their training days or their recovery days, you know, and the way we tried to do it with Pats was create a running club on Strava and they'd have different workouts, you know, like Sean be sending in the, spot, the little sprints and stuff like that or the, you know, the one kilometer runs or four kilometer runs, whatever it be. And then Billy would do the ball walk and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And then we'd do some uh, Zoom sessions, Zoom circuits, you know, like some ball walks, some, I don't know, upper body stuff, lower body stuff, yeah. just to keep them taking over. And it keeps them all in contact with each other, you know what I mean? Yeah, Sean done yeah. a quiz with them as well. So, like, it, fairness, it's been quite good. It's probably just trying to keep them entertained, you know? Like, we've been giving them a week off, or two weeks off here, just so they can, you know, have a little bit of their own time. But it's nice to be able to be in contact with them, you know, have a bit of crack as well, because you do miss it a lot, you know? Well, that's it. And um, I suppose if we even move away from the kids, right, because I know we've sort of taken over that with talking about kids because of my own son there. But for yourselves, right, as coaches, what do you think is going to be the main obstacles and hurdles that you guys are going to have to sort of overcome in the, you know, already is around different time things as we've, we've, we've seen, but, you know, what are the main challenges like? Or what do you think the main challenge you're going to come across when you get your team back in? Is there anything that's standing out to you or is it just going to be, we're still too early, the dates are pointing the sky and you're just not going to know anything? Yeah, I suppose for, for, for myself and the information on, on, on that's seeping through at the moment is, is going to be a facility issue uh, for us, Keith, and uh, whatever you know, sanitisation gear is brought in by clubs um, it, it's going to be very, very, very hard. Um, they're talking about staggering, bringing teams in during the day um, at some clubs, but let's not forget, everyone hasn't been laid off, so you've got coaches who, who currently work as well, and Dan, you, 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 you know well, so it, mm-hmm. it, it's very, very hard. So if your club tells you, well, you are going to come in at 2 o'clock today, you're going to say, no, that ain't going to happen. And then you've also got the issue is, 
you're going to see players floating around, maybe not as much in Dan's side of it because obviously the lads are tied in as well. But in schoolboy football, you're going to see a lot of teams who can't come back because they haven't got the facilities. So you're going to leave a lot of players out in the open that will try and go into clubs as well. Um, it's it's going to be very hard from, from a kid's emotional intelligence point of view as well. Uh, Dan just took, touched on structure as regards if you're, you're getting up early in the morning, you're getting your, your breakfast, dinner and your tea. Um, this this will all have an impact as well. And that's, like, you know, we're, we're all here for one goal. These kids, girls, boys want to come back, score goals, train, yeah. smash the shooter on a tackle, make friends, have the crack. And those coaches want all of that for, for these guys. And mm. it's going to be very, very hard. And, oh, I don't mean to be a pessimist, but I, I, don't, see, I don't see it being back very soon. Yeah. Um, before, like Kev puts in a good point. Um, no, not that one. That's Chris. So Kev is saying here right, that the biggest challenge he sees for coaches, if it comes up, is being up to date with the latest health and safety guidelines. Now, do you think that could be an issue for, you know, let's say you guys are, are you know, well-established in your fields, in your teams, but can you see other coaches not bothering with it and maybe being turned away from the coaching side of it by having to, you know, as you touched on there, Gar, if you're in work all day and then you're doing a bit of coaching on the side, you're not sort of as committed to it. Would you, do you think that could turn people away, like the extra burden of learning all these sort of... Um, new rules and regulations like could that be something that will impact on coaches going back never mind the kids our parents being sort of sketchy like could that impact on coaches who's, who's going to take it lads well, well I'll let you take it uh, this one because I have one for, for Jim now in a sec or Dan if you want to go with that do you think it could turn coaches you know from at a lower level even that just won't be bothered with with sort of yeah, and that's what I'm saying, mate. I think as well, like when you're starting out, you're going to be quite cautious and stuff like that. But look at what way we, what way we have probably behaved with this lockdown. Very, very cautious, and then after a while, you just kind of got no more sick of it. You know what I mean? And I think it might be the same thing. And before you know it, you're going to be doing your all your run up house stuff. You're going to be sick of it. They're going to be sick of it. You know, and then all of a sudden, you might be like going to like some small sort of game. The tempo is really high and the quality is really high. You can probably get addicted to doing that all the time as well. So it's very hard to try to plan a structure and say, right, you're going to run here, you're going to have the ball or whatever. I don't know. I just think it'd be one week, it'd be fine, and then the second week, it'd be all back to normal. Yeah. These are going to take these Zoom sessions. You've got the likes of 10, 11, 12 year olds doing Zoom sessions at the moment. Uh, their, you know, their capacity of, of learning is, is quite small as it is because a lot of them are still in primary school, different mm-hmm. obviously over your side. So you've got all these who are gonna get bored of this very, very, very quickly. Yeah, that's no true. matter the level, the, the enthusiasm will go because you're doing obviously your your core, your strength, condition. Your people say treat yourself like you need a reason, but McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Your your skills work. All these, and as I say, these boys want to go back scoring goals. Setting they, want goals. To, they want to see an end product for it. You know, you can, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when you, you're mapping out your sessions and you're mapping, you know, especially pre-season and everybody knows it's, it's brutal and you want it to be hard for them, of course you do. But it's with something at the end of it. You know, you do your, your three or four weeks conditioning, then you start throwing the ball in, then you know that there's a pre-season friendly, for example, coming up and you want to be ready for that. Then you go back into your work. And if all you're doing, like, like Dan and, and Gareth said, if all you're doing is the, the, the sort of um, socially isolated stuff, which is the, the running with the ball, the individual stuff, and you can't see any light at the end of the tunnel, any game time coming up or mm-hmm. anything, anything to put in place while you've practiced, um, it's easy for the kids to get turned off, particularly the younger ones. And you are coming up against the Playstations, the Xboxes and all of that, you know, because they might think to themselves, well, why do I want to go and just, you know, run around or be standing in a square on my own practicing Cruyff turns? Because <laughs> let's be honest, in a match, how many Cruyff turns do, do you actually get to do? Do you know what I mean? And, and whilst it's very good to be able to do that, there's a, you've got to keep it realistic, haven't you? You know, that's that's the one thing they yeah. drill into you on these courses. Unless you're Adam Lallana, you don't get <laughs> many uh, Cruyff turns in a match, for example. You know, but yeah. it, it's just going to be very, very frustrating, I think, for everybody. Um, and yeah. it, you know, coaching is frustrating enough as it is without more sort of restrictions being put on you. That's it. Now, Jim, I have one for you that you might be able, good, well placed to deal with from Chris again. Is there a big difference in coaching between men's or boys versus women's and girls in terms of injury prevention? Like women are like women are more likely to suffer an ACL injury compared to men. Would you have any thoughts on that? I mean, just as someone who has coached about you know female and um, I think well, game. certainly when you're coaching, you know my my first experience as a coach was like I say three three and a bit years um, in the women's game. Then I went into the men's game. Obviously, I, I played football and stuff. But playing is different to obviously coaching. And and immediately the first thing you notice when you stand on the touchline and watching men's session being put on is the speed and the explosiveness. And ultimately, you know, my sister's a professional footballer, and she 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 says the same thing. It's, it is a different game. It's the same game, but it's completely different. Um, so I think one thing you have to realise when you're coaching coaching girls and women is they're completely different um, characters to men. Um, they ask a lot, a lot of questions. Um, it has to be done uh, slowly. You have to temper your expectations in terms of um, the, the speed and the intensity of the sessions, but you can mm. build into that. Um, they're so keen, keen to learn. Technically, they're very good. And I think what women have um, compared to men is that they don't pigeonhole themselves in, t- in terms of positions. Um, yeah. you, know, you will find, you know, the club I was at, King Coyd, we had some play- we had girls who could play any position. You know, we used to play three at the back, um, five in midfield, two up front, whatever. Um, and we'd have girls who could quite easily put- fit in centre-half, centre-midfield, wide, you know, up front, whatever. And they're, they're very open to trying different things, whereas I think men are a little bit, or boys are certainly, they like to say, I'm this position, that's what I want to play. And it's very difficult to sort of, to talk about with that. So it, it is it is different. Um, I wouldn't say which one I prefer. I, I like, you know, both both uh, equally as challenging. Um, in terms of injuries, at the, the club I was at, we had one significant injury, which was an ACL. Um, and my sister is just literally... At the end of rehab now, um, she did her ACL 
uh, I think about 14, 15 months ago. So, yeah, it does happen. Um, but I don't think it's any more prevalent in the women's game. Um, the only downside to the women's game, obviously, in the men's game is that a lot of it, it comes down to, again, facilities. So you might be playing on poor pitches. Certainly not all the clubs, even in the women's Premier League, had physios. We had a physio, but only for my, the last season I was there. Um, so the, a lot of the aftercare that goes on um, is done by themselves, the girls. Um, whereas obviously the men sort of, if you're looking at it as equivalent level in the, the women's Premier League compared to the men's Premier League in Wales, it, it's chalk and cheese. Um, as for the professionals, it's another level above, isn't it? So again, they're going to be more athletic. And I think the reason why there may have been, because I know Chris has put in that he's seen a couple of injuries for the Liverpool ladies, is once again, women's football in this country has gone professional. So they're training mm. nearly every day. They're putting more pressure on themselves. The game is getting faster. It's getting more explosive. They're putting their bodies under more pressure. Um, so there are going to be more injuries, unfortunately. And obviously your knees, that, that's that's the main joint you use when you're playing football, isn't it? So that's probably, um, you know, something to consider. Yeah. I heard this. I heard this stat today, lads. Was uh, listening to a podcast since the. I know it's obviously from a professional level. The since the Bundesliga has resumed, there's been a two hundred and fifty percent increase on injuries. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Wow, isn't yeah. that incredible? Yeah, it is the big jump, and even the increased sort of um, substitutions and all is to try and battle against those sort Tremendous, of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if they, if they were still doing three subs, that number would be probably a lot higher. Um, if we think about right, if we think about the professional game for a second and sort of put is ourselves in that, I know right, it's 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 a totally different. It's chalk and cheese, and without being disrespectful to what you guys are doing, you know the the coaches are the sort of the unsung heroes, you know, in the sense that everyone wants to see, right, from a Liverpool point of view, we all want to see the players coming back and we all want to see the, you know, I know I get excited when you see the inside training videos and all those sort of things and you're looking at it and they're great and Minamino's doing little back heels into the goal and Trent's pinging shots from all over the place, Hendo's hitting crossbars and you love clock walking boy, but does the coaches that the, the work, a lot of the work goes through the coaching teams that are there, you know, so right, obviously Liverpool, thinking of Liverpool, you've got like Pep Linders and the other guys there, and even down through the academy and the junior teams, I, I can only imagine that what they're having to, um, it's a different beast to what they're going to be doing, they're not worrying about uh, such facilities and, you know, sanitising, hand sanitising, but they are going to have different challenges. Um, do you think it's it's tough on, even at the professional level, to be setting up sessions, to be managing, does more, I suppose, annoy on, on, like, if Liverpool are going back training, there's cameras there and people are looking, you know, you'd see online, oh, they're not two metres apart, all this sort of carry on, like, mm. even at the professional level, I think it's going to be a huge... Um, hurdle for them to get over. Uh, if you put yourselves in in their shoes for a minute, like, do, you, do you think they're gonna find the tough as well, even at that that level? Dan, what are you thinking? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like for them, I suppose they're operating at a really, really high level, and they probably do have the aspect of having two and three coaches. But sometimes two and three coaches like want to do different parts of the game. Do you know what I mean? Like. Do you want to be want to defend or do you want to start playing out with a different way? And one the other coach is trying to say, no, obviously it then it comes down to the manager. But like I think the sessions that are going to be beneficial, like I know 
now we're all the thing pretty digestion, like it's all like playing like high and high intensity games, three, four minute games, I'm making them bigger, I'm making them longer amount of minutes. So yeah, targeting different energy systems and all that carry on, but it's just difficult. I know and like the amount of injuries that you've seen in the Bundesliga, like I think there's been twelve away wins or something like that. Or something like within the fourth yeah, couple of yeah. games. It was a crazy stuff. So yeah, does the aspect of the crowd not being under pressure come into it? And then with with teams like, are you saying to yourself, are you gonna press a little bit higher? Well, you can't really press higher because you're exhausted. Mm. And yeah. if you sit low and then counter attack fast, you're going really really explosive. You're probably gonna get injured doing yeah. that. So yeah. you have to think about tactically what players have you got fit in your system? Do you know like your fullbacks quick now? We're gonna have to probably defend deeper. And you're centre backs, midfield players. Like it's a lot to think about, you know. Yeah, it's given yeah, them yeah, headaches, yeah. given them extra um, things to have to think about and walk through as well. Um, Jim, well, there's a question there that Macro put into the into the chat. He's wondering: Are all players at a young age covered for injuries like ACL? Might sound a silly question, but my lad done is at age 15 and was told insurance was for loss of earnings. I suppose any is maybe I don't know if Macro's coming from the the UK side of it or or what. But does anyone have any? I don't know, but I mean, I would have thought the clubs should have um, you know liability insurance unless you've got your own personal. Um, mm, insurance. If you're getting insurance, you know, yeah. I, unfortunately, sorry, sorry, Macca, um I wouldn't know the answer to that. <laughs> Check with the club if you claim for a club and it happened, they should have some sort of insurance. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, all yeah. clubs should be covered. So it definitely should be covered from the medical expense point of view. Um, I'm not sure. Obviously, we're different to the UK as well. So what I would have thought. The, yeah, the all clubs should have it. And yeah, I think it's a little bit silly as well for for players not to. Not to know that as well. Like there, yeah. the only reason why you get that type of insurance that you pay for is the fear of the own Achilles or an ACL or mm. you know a serious hamstring tear or anything like that is to know you're going to be looked after. The guy don't mind when he's playing with Crumlin. It's only an amateur level, like in LSL and Leinster Senior League. Oh, like I barely had to put my hand in my pocket and full repair. Was, was and yeah, yeah. Rehab. I got. I think I got twelve sessions with the physio as well. Like. It's crazy. I'm fully looked after, and you know what I mean. And that's what I think. I don't think Eric. What was it? The twelfth of July or twentieth of July that the insurers only will kick back in or something like that. Yeah, um, no, 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 so I think all, I think all clubs can. I think all yeah. clubs cancelled as far as I know. Um, uh, all clubs cancelled, and I have to obviously now you, you've you hit the you hit the issue now is co- this COVID stuff included in yeah, in new insurance? You're signing new farms, I would imagine. Yeah, um, and as well, for the club, like, they, have, they have to pay for it, like facilities. Like at the end of the day, how do yeah. the clubs earn money? Is like lotos, fundraising, yeah. fire stoves. So, you know, yeah. have the rent, yeah. but like, where do you get money from? They're not gonna get well. they can't fundraise, they can't do a race night, yeah. can't do a like, I don't know, like a charity thing. Well, you know, so what do you do to make money? How do you do it? Like, you can't really, yeah. Are you going to lose kids and, and players yeah. who can't afford to pay subs because if their parents or themselves or whatever, you know, the older boys, if they've lost their jobs, for example, um, yeah. it, it is at, at the. I know we, we, you are talking about professionals now, but at the grassroots level, you, mm. you do pay to play. Um, yeah. You know, you pay for the privilege of kicking a ball around with your mates like three times a week. You know, um, now, like the uh, like none of none of the kids at Pats would have to pay anything obviously because it's National League you know what I mean and that's the same across the board with most teams um, but like like there was a ban on a way you can only bring a kid from a certain distance but no one 
no one just really paid attention to it. So if you a player coming from Longford or you know Navan or anywhere, could be anywhere, like draw it coming down the tram, yeah, like, it's gonna cost money. Yeah. Like you know, like they're not walking. How are they going to pay it for it? Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly, it's a lot of hold, isn't it? Yeah. And then if you have eighteen players, eighteen players, you know what I mean? Like, is it one coach and fourteen players for for a specific area? How big is the area going to be? Like, none none of this has been said. You just said you can go back trying. Yeah. So, so they're giving you like half sort of information, and yeah, the rest is up in the air. Marcus, uh, Marcus uh, thing is, is now wrecking me head. A 15-year-old uh, insured against lost of earnings. What's he working at? That's all I want to know. Yeah. Was he playing that's, for an adult team or anything? That's not against Marcus. That's, that's very, is very he, strange. I just find that very strange. Loss of earnings, yeah. insurance unless it was for only for loss of earnings. Yeah. Told now. That's, no, just that's what I think. Very, very strange. Yeah. He must be getting some money for the pipe around. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, but it is unusual, you know. It's like any insurance thing as well. Under 16 game, he's saying, Jesus. So it's like any insurance, they don't want to pay out on anything. But as Dan touched on there, and Gary, you said as well, you know, when you're at a club and you get an injury, I've had mates have gone through as well, and the club will look after because they have that insurance. But so maybe the, the whatever club Marco was involved in probably didn't, you know, or weren't willing to pay out or the insurance were just. I don't know. Acting the Mac, I leave, Mac, I leave that club. Get rid of them. Don't be playing for that pub team again, mate. <laughs> yeah. that, that could be it. You know, I mean, how old was the son? Did he say 15? I mean, it's 15 a, years of age. Yeah, it's, that's very, very strange to be told that he, he wanted to look a bit deeper, uh, uh, very deeper into that one because, mm. you know, his medical expenses should be paid no matter what country you're in. But imagine your medical. What are you, what are you really covered for then? Yeah, what, what's he paying for? Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? That's the first thing you'd be asking, isn't it? Like, if I'm not covered for an ACL, we tell what? me a team that you haven't been involved in or know of that's got a bad injury. Yeah, do you know yes. what I mean? You know, yeah, that's all exactly. People yeah. always get looked after over this side down the end. I know there's some Leinster senior leagues lads have had to wait for payments or whatever, but yeah, they've always got looked after in the end. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's an unusual one, all right. Um, so. Jim, yourself, um, you're going back, you're starting a new challenge now when this all does get um back up and running and you're taking on a new team. Mm-hmm. Um have you are you familiar with the, the guys you're gonna be looking after or is it a fresh start altogether no, for you? Fr- fresh start completely. Um so I know the I know the club. Um I was with the first team um for a bit, coaching, um, and then obviously left there. Um and then literally just just out of the blue, I was sort of looking to to get back in for this season. And um, the ma- the first team manager, as it was, dropped me a message and said if you'd be interested. So I spoke to the academy um, director, and just sounded like you know too good a, an opportunity really. So, um, but you know, I've, as I said before, I haven't had a chance to to sit down face to face with anybody. Um, it's just been done via the telephone and stuff. So. Uh, I know there's going to be another couple of guys on the coaching staff. Um, they sound. You know, some decent guys, but obviously, it'd be good to sit down and speak to them and find yeah. out, you know, if we sort of are we sync up in terms of philosophies and, and what we want to do. Um, and then obviously, get to grips with, with, with the players. So it's exciting. It's a little bit um, nerve wracking as well. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Can't, can't wait, really. Well, that, 
a huge challenge when you you do that because it, it you obviously on one hand you're excited to take on the challenge, but you can't sit and chat with these guys. You can't mm. have a face to face meeting with the players. You know you can't do anything when you just want to be out and sort of getting stuck in. You know so whereas. Dan, how your team, you've been with your boys for, what, a couple of years, you said? Yeah, well, this is my second year now at Pats, and then before that was with UCD. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, that's it's a difficult one. To, it's, it's how do you manage it and how do you look at it? Like, what what really do you want them to think, do you know? It gives you, when you're going to pre-season, you have an idea of what, you're, what they're walking towards. Mm-hmm. Where now it's a bit of a, it's a bit of, like, a bit dull, like, no one really knows anything. Do you know exactly, so, and you can't even really treat it nearly as a pre-season because they can't even. Yeah, well, you can't plan anything. Like, if you're, you're not going to have a pre-season, mate. You're not going to have a pre-season for ten weeks. A yeah. rare occasion you might have eight weeks. Do you know what I mean? Depending on where you're at, if it's a new squad, you might have eight. But like bog standard is usually six. Do you know six to seven? Mm-hmm. So like ten weeks for pre-season. Do you know at what stage do you play? Do you up the gear? And then if the date is moved again, like. Really, like three months, you know what I mean? For a free season, it's crazy. Yeah, and that—that's it. It's—it's it's, you just don't know. And as you have said at the start, you know, you're given a date, but the reality is that date's just plucked out of anywhere, and that's nearly just to to not get everyone off the the back of the organisation. Let's say, but it's just oh look, we're going back on this date. But there, you two have both said you're sceptical of. If that can be even feasible, you know, so that the mm. challenges that are being thrown up, it's they're immense, you know, even to get back out playing. Um, and Gar, I know you, Kido, you've already you've already got you know videos going up over here, Jim. I'm not sure if you've seen them of teams training in, par- in local parks. You've got you know an old lady coming in with a camera phone. She's taking mm. videos of the session, and it, it, where's it going? It's immediately going up on social media. So at the end of the day, people are getting caught. It's yeah. it's very 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 hard, and, and these older people are obviously very very worried as it is. It, it's 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 yeah. it's difficult to control from 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 a lot of, from every club's point of view. That's a great point because it's the most important thing to some of these kids. But if you, if you're a, somebody that's you know not as interested in it, the concerns are coming from the other side, and it's you know it's a totally valid concern maybe, but it's it's yeah. another another challenge that you have to get by it's a challenge that wasn't there before you know that way and it's it's um it's just another headache for you guys to have to have to deal with um is there anything else that you can think that's going to be um hard to get back into i know dan you've spoke about you know the amount of work you'll have to do before you even get into normal training is there anything else you can think of that'll be you know, an obstacle for yourselves going back in to full full team training, full contact training, or are you under the impression that the, the directive is so wishy-washy at the moment that by the time you get back in, it'll just be normal business as usual? Go, Gar, Gar you can take that one if you want. Well, I don't see it being, being normal f- from that time, Keith. Um We've obviously we've been issued directives and protocols uh, for for the coming weeks to months. Um, well, sorry, from the fifteenth, it, it's got, it's so hard. We've touched on you know facilities, we've touched on funding. You know, you're probably going to see some some smaller clubs. I don't like saying that, but going to the wall because 
of, of funding issues or not being able to buy. As the lads, Jim and, and Dan had said, you know, these these smaller teams will have, you know, bingos, will have lottos, will will have little, you know, last man standing to try and raise money for the clubs. And now now it's all gone. You might have had insu- last insurance payments from March that people had to catch up on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be really, really hard for, for clubs to get back. I can see a few clubs going to the wall over us. And which which is not fair, like you know, yeah. and I understand, you know, from a health point of view, from the doctors that are involved in all this, that you know, you know, we have to take small steps back. But why give a date of the fifteenth of June, knowing that every association in, in regards of, of of schoolboy football, knowing that clubs will struggle to to make yeah. make the twentieth, make to make the twentieth, never mind the fifteenth. Yeah. A good point. I, I don't see it being, you know, I'd love to go back full tilt, um, as regards fifteenth or the. 20th. And as well, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a like, it's gonna be a pressure as well from the parent because yeah, like it's not, it's not really the parent like putting the pressure on you just so the kid can go back training. I'm sure they're getting in the neck from the child saying they got mm. their back training. Like why can't I? Why can't I go back? Do you know, and there's only so long they're gonna be have to keep the kids in the house. Then when I, if the parents are coming to training, you know, like I can already think about there's probably four or five of my players that are asthmatic. So their parents yeah. probably yeah. thinking, yeah. you know, like is that high risk? Like my little one is is asthmatic. Like if I'm down training, do you know what I mean? The interaction you're gonna have with the parents, the player, the fill the fella that run the facility, do other coaches, like it's a lot of people, do you know that's why I think parents will, will some will panic and some will be like happy with luck or out. That's a great point, Dan, regards the, as regards the asthma, because as a coach, you're not allowed, as far as I know, you're not allowed to administer that inhaler. No, they've got to do it themselves. So, <laughs> to bring, and we've been told they're also bring their own hand sanitizer. These lads yeah. are going to be packed lunches by the, by the end of this. It's a disaster. Bad enough trying to get them to have a drink anyway. Do you know what I mean? Run a water bottle, <laughs> up on the Many times before a game, do you get about 11 of inhaler thrown at you? Yeah. Exactly. Actually, these are the little things that people don't think about that are going to be an absolute nightmare when you get into it, you know, and asthma is such a common thing, you know, people think um, with illnesses, it has to be the more serious respiratory things, but like how many people have asthma out there and it is, it puts them in the vulnerable category. Um, So let's Chris is after putting a question in, and if any of the people in the comments have any questions they want to ask the lads, throw them in. So uh, Chris has put one in here. your favorite, your best moment as a coach so far. So, Jim, we'll start with you. Can you think of any highlight that you've had at any level that's been the 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 highlight for you as a coach? It can be anything, you know, winning something or just developing something along the lines. What's what's been the highlight for you? Um, I think, to be honest, I think probably the first three years I had um, at at King Coyd, um because we were a newly promoted team into the Welsh Women's Premier League. We were sort of like a self-funded, self-run club. So we're not affiliated with any men's club or we weren't. Um, didn't have any support. Basically, the committee um, was like the manager, me, some of the players. We basically run it, run it ourselves, you know. Um, so the three years we had there, we managed to stay in the league, finish mid-table and then finish third. Um, and our final, my final year there, we won uh, the Welsh Cup, beating um, Cardiff Metropolitan University in the final uh, in extra time. Um, I think that was probably the best moment um, to see that sort of development of the team in terms of, of the players 
who were there at the beginning, developing themselves to be good enough to win that, um, recruiting extra pl- um, players who went on to play for Wales as well. Um, and personally, uh, my wife was there, my son, um, and we were fostering a little baby at the time. Um, and they were there and sort of like we scored the winner in extra time, 1-1-0. Yeah. And um, just like the final whistle, obviously all the players are running around and whatever. And literally my son is on the other side in the in the stand and he's climbed over and he's run across the pitch and I sort of run to him. Um, it's, it's proper cheesy, a bit like out of, a, out of a film or a TV show or something. But I've got some brilliant photos of me and him sort of like embracing on the in the halfway line or whatever. And and he's in sort of all the photos um, with me and the team celebrating. And, and that's probably um, the best They're the sort of things you can look back on, you know, 20 yeah, years to yeah, isn't it? You're in it for the memories as well, to make up memories. Dan, what about yourself? I would probably say probably last year probably doing obviously the double with Pats you know with, with the league and the cup played against good Rover side but I don't know we played we'd already won the league up in uh, up in Tallet, but then a couple of weeks later we had to begin the cup final and uh, we were we were tired in the game and it was all season you're working on players especially at that age it's just their own responsibility just get it nailed you know what I mean when you're attacking you're defending you know set piece and stuff like that I think it was. A, I think we went on one nil, and eventually went on the win at penalties. We only went one nil up, but you know what I mean. The boys on the pitch were like saying, "If the ball goes there, you you have to be there because you're making substitutions." And then they were saying, "Right, we're going to press them. Then you're going to say you're going to drop off." And just the watching them on the pitch was communicating and doing all that was a little little goal. You always get little golden nuggets and fucking coaching when you're sick of it. We always just get like one little small thing, and that one's the biggest ever. That the players were like leading what yeah. what the game plan was. You know what I mean? Rather than us barking the sideline, they took their own. It was good to watch, you know what I mean? And it's a sign of good coaching as well that they are yeah. able to do that. You know what I mean? You're empowering yeah. them to do that. We spoke about that last time about empowering as, them. Sorry, Kate. As young kids, yeah. you, th- you think that, you know, like some of them can't, like you can't give them like too much information. Some of the boys last year were, you know, away with the fairies at times, but when you get them, when you click with them, they're like sponges. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're always asking you questions from the sideline or where they do this and do that. And sometimes that questions can be that intelligent. You, you don't really know what to say. You probably spill it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, like, some of them well, are, can it. be really, really intelligent. And that's your sign, like, fuck me. They're at it. Like, within a year's jump, they've been really, really at them proving. Yeah. Not, not just, like, technically or physically, but on the pitch. You know what I mean? It's game management's yeah, a big thing. Yeah, yeah. emotional intelligence that they're showing as they're developing is is a great thing to see. Um, and as I said, it's a great reflection on how you're you're coaching them. So I can understand why yeah. you would get a sense of pride in that. Um, mm. And Gar, what about yourself? I've, I've been lucky to see lads go sign professional forums in the UK, and um, I've, I've enjoyed bringing a club from from a lower league up up to a top side, a schoolboy club. But, but you know what, lads. The, the joy we get in coaching and I know Dan you know it can wreck our heads from time to time but you know we've we've come through this this issue for the last few months and I've, you know this has been one of my favourite moments to be honest with you to be able to coach I've taken an under 13 side and three under 11 sides in one session online and to see that many lads wanting yeah. to get online wanting to get involved has been absolutely amazing now we know obviously there's parents behind it but you know the kids need to want to get on. The kids want you know to see a different face, and you know it's it's taken you know it's it's been a huge huge pleasure to be able to to help kids. Um, as you said, from an emotional intelligence point of view, 
during this time in possibly what is mm. you know the, the kids world war <laughs> yeah you know but you know yeah. we, we, we've never experienced it. it it's their world war and to be able to you know to reach out to these guys through technology and we always give out about you know the playstation but we've been able to log in give them an app come online do a bit of ball work do a bit of strength and condition set them challenges and um, for the last two weeks, I've, uh, as Dan said, he does a bit of work through Strava. I've set the lads cycling and running work, and they've done 254k in the last two weeks. Like, that's mm-hmm. a huge achievement. Brilliant. A, it's a huge achievement. And, you know, it comes, you know, us volunteers, it doesn't happen without us, and we do it for no. free as well. So, oh, yeah. you know, sometimes we don't give ourselves a, a lot of credit. And for those guys who have got in, dug in through COVID, gone online, Given their time out during this time when they could be under pressure at home from families and stuff, you know these guys deserve a lot, a lot of credit. I know Dan, you've you've a young young kid in the house as well. You know a lot of people deserve a lot of credit at this time, um, in mm-hmm. regards to the volunteer coaches. And you know, fair play to them. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, you know, people do yeah. take uh, for granted nearly the work that guys like as ourselves are doing and think, you know, oh, well, you're nearly professional coaches, you know, that way. But it's it's just mind-blowing the amount of There's pressure that goes. a lot more goes. goes into it than sort of the 90 minutes uh, mm. on a yeah. Tuesday or a Thursday night or, the you know, the 90 minutes at, um, on a Saturday or a Sunday. It's, it's, when the seasons go in, it, it's, you know, it can sometimes be 24 hours a day, you know what I mean? So sort of leading into training and after training and before the game and after the after the game. So it's mm-hmm. it's hard, man. It's hard work. And it, it, it eats a gym, doesn't it? You know, oh, if you've had a, you know, a, yeah. a parent approach you, if you've had, Dan, I'm sure you've had a crumbling, you've had a parent approach you, you've had, you know, one of the kids, you know, approach you. They always yeah. come at the right, the right after the game as well. You know, after you've <laughs> And you don't want to speak to anybody, not even your wife. You're walking back to your car with a face on, and they're just standing there. Yeah. Uh, all right, and lucky today, wasn't it? And you, just, you, you, you want to just, you know, and you've yeah. got to stand there for 40 minutes and explain. That's it. Don't be a whole brief. And then the next parent is there waiting on the same debrief yeah. off you. Like it's tough, you know. To do the skills games, like some of the stuff they'd be doing. Is incredible, you know what I mean? Some yeah. that like the yeah. trick shot, like the trick shots or whatever, you know. Like one of the boys, one of the boys done one, they don't know, you don't have a off a wall and into a bin or something like that. Well, you should have unique, you know what I mean? <laughs> like some of the stuff they can do, they're all having a bit of crack like that as well, you know. Some of them are brutal as well, like they give them a bit of stick on the Zoom sessions, but you know, what I mean? that's but, the indirect, a little bit yeah. of banter, you know. Back back in their day, lads, the skills the skills challenge was you hit a bad shot and went through a window. That was their skills challenge. <laughs> how fast you could get away. <laughs> how fast can you run? Needless to say, I was caught all the time. Um, so listen, lads, it's been a great show. Before we go, I want to just say, I don't think I'll throw in that the, the Reds are back playing Blackburn tomorrow at three, which will be nice, but I'd say there might be about 26 players getting a run out on that one. So yeah. I don't know which we can take from that but um, is it, I don't I think it's want... to view it is it no no I don't, I don't know if it's on you might get a few pictures of it after the event but um, unless anyone in the chat knows if it's on I doubt if it's on anywhere but um, I'm sure we'll find out so again lads just want to thank you all for coming on and giving us this time Gar I know we've done this before and we'll be doing it again but thanks very much for um, coming thanks, on mate. tonight Thank you. No worries, Jim. Thanks very much again. I know um, 
getting you on. Gav was meant to be here and he abandoned you and you got stuck with us. But uh, thanks very much. That's for good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, nice one. Nice to speak to you, uh, you three boys for the first time. Thanks, so, yeah, you, you too, mate. Thanks very and much. Dan, no problem at all. Thanks again for as Gar alluded to you, a young child and all there. And it's, you know, it everyone's finding yeah. it tough at the moment. Yeah, good so luck thanks for Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you all on again, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, so everyone in the chat, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. We've been the LFC Day Trippers Fatback mm-hmm. 4. And we'll be back soon. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Sports Social Podcast Network.